to the Kayax podcast. My name is Robert Goya and I am your stakeholder engagement officer here at Gaiax. And today we have a special in-house guest going by the name of Francesco Bonfiglio, who is actually the CEO of Gaiax. And in today's episode, we are going to discuss everything surrounding the association. We are going to ask ourselves, what is Gaiax? What is the vision and mission of the association? its key deliverables up until now and the upcoming ones, and everything surrounding administration-wise, such as the organization structure, who can join GAIAX, how GAIAX is funded, and of course, after all, why do we need GAIAX? So Francesco, what do you think is uh, GAIAX and what's its vision and mission? Well, besides what I think uh, what GAIAX is, um, I, I will try to explain what GAIAX is according to the association members and the work that has been done in the last uh, two and a half years since I've joined. GAIAX is a private association, first of all, not funded by any public institution and only supported by the members, which are representing the full, let me say, uh, economical uh, research fabric of our uh, continent. I mean, we have members from the users of the technology side, which are banks, energy companies, or industrial companies of any type and of any country. And as well, we have providers of technology, the ones that provide cloud services, for example, as well as the ones that provide server technology, or any, any other type of technology. And of course, we have research institutions, universities from all over Europe. Most of our constituency is in Europe, but we are open to anyone uh, inside and outside of Europe. So all the largest technology players, many large um, users of technologies and many large uh, research institution, uh, institutions come also from outside um, Europe. So GAIRX is uh, an association, non-for-profit one, which is aiming to achieve basically uh, the objective to boost and, uh, and a rebirth of the European data economy. How to do that? Basically, providing a new way to use technology, a new way to um, exchange data, and most importantly, a new way to trust the technology that we need to exchange data. And without trustworthy technology, there cannot be any technology that can be used. And this is the lesson learned in the last decade. We don't lack any uh, technology. We, we do not miss any new technology. We simply are not using enough the technology available as of today. Not only new technology comes around the corner, like ChatGPT, but unfortunately, the mistrust in technology is increasing because actually the level of adoption of technology um, is proportional to the level of trust of the technology we need to use. Therefore, the level of, of adoption of technology, let's talk about cloud technology in particular, not because the cloud is the most and, and the only 
technology we need to consider, but because without the cloud, we wouldn't be talking about data economy. And that's important. So we are now talking about the importance of data economy because of the advent of the cloud. And the cloud introduced an accelerator in terms of storing data, in terms of exchanging data, in terms of uh, increasing the computational power necessary to exploit the data, etc., etc. But if we look at the cloud, the level of adoption in Europe is below 25%. And if you take off the software as a service and, and the platform as a service, you consider only the infrastructure as a service, we are well below 20%, which in turn means we are not exploiting 80% of our data and our applications because they are not in the cloud. So what, uh, what GaiaRx is trying to do is to create a new generation of technology. Let's talk about data infrastructures, which is a broad term, which entails, of course, uh, cloud, but not only. Uh, a new generation of data infrastructures, which have some specific characteristics, which are totally uh, different from the ones that we have today. In other words, they are transparent, controllable, and interoperable. They are distributed. They maximize the usage of data where the data is produced instead of moving the data uh, across uh, boundaries. And like I said before, they basically uh, promote a new concept of uh, trustworthy technology. In this way, GaiaX aims to uh, achieve two objectives. One is the creation of common data spaces. And the creation of common data spaces is one of the key pillars of the European data strategy. Uh, and the second is to create uh, common infrastructures or better federated infrastructures that uh, can implement this concept of a new generation of distributed cloud. Why is this necessary? Because data is distributed, is no more concentratable. And therefore, hyper-concentrating uh, platforms like the so-called hyperscalers, which are the dominant uh, technology available in the market, are not only no, not sufficiently trustworthy for the users, but not suitable for the new type of data, which is totally distributed anywhere. We talk about the internet of everything because anything produces data through sensors through algorithms, um, we have intelligent devices, we have uh, intelligent infrastructures, we have intelligent anything producing data. So we must be capable to capture those data as close as possible where they are produced. And unfortunately, the hyperscaler technologies require those data to be captured and brought back into central points of elaboration. And this is not suitable. But also we need to provide, uh, like I said before, trust. And trust uh, implies trust in the participants in a federation, where a federation can be the, uh, let me say, conjunction of multiple subjects that decide to share data because sharing data, they can improve their process or build new products or um, improve, let me say, that business in a reciprocal way. And I can make examples of that but also implies trusting the identity of those uh, members of a federation, trusting the services they provide, trusting the data they provide, trusting the fact that people are making good use of those data according to the 
tools that have been agreed, and last but not least, trusting also the technologies that are used to um, exchange those data and create those federations. As a last comment, to make a long story short, why we are doing what we are doing. It's a simple story. Economy is moving from an economy around product or a product-centric economy into a data-centric economy. Why this is happening? I explained it. Why? Because the world is becoming digitalized and full of data, and these data provide an incredible value in terms of uh, like a raw material. We can build new digital products only leveraging a new raw material, which is called data. But in order to create these new digital products or digital services exploiting data, we need a new generation of technology which is trustworthy, which is distributed, and we can rely on. And if we do that, Europe will be competitive with the rest of the world in the data economy. If we don't do that, data economy will be prevailing in the next few years. So it will constitute the main part of the GDP of any country and any continent. And Europe will run the risk not to, to be able to drive this new wave, which is economy, which means employment, which means education, which means wealth uh, in, in a nutshell, unless using technologies that we are not in control of. These technologies nowadays come outside of Europe. So we are doing what we are doing in order to reduce the dependency from dominant technology players, which are becoming de facto controllers of our data. And without retaking control of our data, we cannot drive a fruitful data economy in Europe. And that's why the GAIRx initiative is very well seen and supported not only by the members of the association, but also by European member states' governments that see in this initiative a concrete response, a concrete answer to the need of regaining digital, digital sovereignty, not for the purpose of being sovereign in the traditional political terms of the word, but in order to be able to drive new industrial policies and keep control of the local economies okay that is quite comprehensive so would you would would it be correct to uh, assume or to imply that uh, Gaia X is uh, going to provide the new cloud infrastructure for Europe this is also one of the questions which is frequently asked by our viewers as well so uh, I could see I could see that this is going towards uh, towards this question it has to be asked yeah, many people uh, still ask the same question. And the answer is, unfortunately, no. We are not developing any new cloud infrastructure technology for the simple reason, A, it wouldn't make any sense because there is a lot of technology and, and uh, available out there. And uh, as I explained, the problem is not the availability of technology, but the capability to control it. And B, it wouldn't make sense because... Like I said before, we need a new generation of technology. So what GAIRx is delivering actually is not just words or specifications or white papers like typically happens in an association. We are defining what GAIRx is. Let me say the specification side of it. We are realizing 
what GAIAX is in terms of a software framework. And this was the purpose of last year. <clears throat> and the achievement of last year was mainly the delivery of the GAIAX framework, which is a set of software components that implement the GAIAX architecture. And last but not least, we are delivering a network of services, actually a network of access point to the GAIAX services that will run these software components and will make it available to achieve this objective of creating trustworthy federation, creating trustworthy data exchange, creating a catalog of uh, GAIAX compliance services, which will create an alternative in the market. And when we talk about cloud market, our members are creating an offering of GAIAX compliant cloud offering in order to um, make it visible to the world and create a real alternative. But basically, we are like a glue. So we are an aggregator, which is developing a platform to enable this aggregation. What we are aggregating, like I said before, on the top side of the X, we are aggregating data from data owners. They can be companies working in the energy data space. They can be companies working in the automotive data space. They can be company working in any other type of data space, deciding to federate, to exchange data in a trustworthy manner, because this is good for them. On the bottom side of the X, we are um, federating, we are through our members, not we directly, we are enabling the federation of infrastructures because we have a lot of infrastructures, cloud infrastructures, private, virtual private, hybrid, public, none of them are compatible one another in a sufficiently trustworthy, federated, which means interchangeable, switchable, reversible, um, interoperable way. So we are promoting the creation of a new cloud infrastructure in Europe, yes. But we are not doing it directly. We are doing it through our aggregation and through the creation of this framework that enables the creation of a new generation of federated, distributed, transparent, controllable cloud that we are missing in the market today. So in order to access the new cloud infrastructure, which, has, which is going to be developed by the GAIAX aggregators, how can or who can actually join GAIAX in order to access this? Anyone can join the association. The association is a, a private open association and it's international association. Uh, GAIAX is an AISBL, Association Internationale Sans But Lucratif. So it is an international association without um, not for profit. Let me say. So um, anybody can join of any size, of any type of company. And uh, this is exactly our constituency today. To join is pretty simple. Anyone can go on our website and uh, find links to join the association. We have a team of people that will guide the new joiners in the tour to understand what it means to be a GAIAX member. And there's a lot of benefits being a member because basically, the GAIAX members are defining and driving this new standard with, that we call GAIAX, which is going to be 
a set of new rules for the market in the next decades. That's what we hope. We want to become a de facto standard in the market. So being a member means having an opportunity, if you are, uh, for example, a technology provider, to uh, adapt your offering uh, before others to what GaiaX is defining. But not only, you can drive the requirements of GaiaX through your contribution, working in the working groups that we have, and uh, steering the specifications, the code, and the services that will run uh, what GaiaX uh, um, means in terms of compliance, for example. If you are a user as well, you can define your own rules that you expect from a data infrastructure in order to trust it. Because the problem if you are a user of technology and you are part of GaiaX is very simple you need something different because you don't trust existing technologies and you don't tr not not trusting them you're not exploiting your data if you're not exploiting your data you're going out of market so being a user and being interested in becoming part of the GaiaX is a unique opportunity to drive the requirement without any influence uh, at all apart from yourself and the rest of the market players uh, of this new data infrastructure that you need for your business. If you are a research institution, you have the opportunity to combine your thought leadership together with the real needs of the market, users and providers of technology, because typically research is very limited to um, innovation, but not only, always we see the result of those innovation projects into real business outcomes. Whilst the GaiaRx Association is uniquely aim to produce business outcomes. What we do is, is we endorse, we support, and we follow a set of projects that are creating concretely business outcomes in the market. So we already have 11 Lighthouse projects composed each one of dozens of members from all over Europe that are creating real concrete digital value chains. So they are creating their future in the data economy. And becoming part of the association is also a unique opportunity to see these projects being born, uh, being constituted, and maybe becoming part of them. Or also think about you are a small, medium enterprise or a startup, making your knowledge, which is most of the time not available in, in many large corporations, visible and become part of these large projects, which group the largest companies in Europe, taking your role again in the future of the European data economy. Okay, so would you say that, for instance, if I would own a company and I would want to join GaiaX, because you also mentioned the lighthouses, the association, the hubs, could you describe for me as a newcomer in GaiaX what is the organizational structure of GaiaX? Yeah, the organizational structure of GaiaRx is uh, quite simple, but as well complicated in the execution. We have three committees, three main committees. One is called Technical Committee, and of course looks after the technical aspects of GaiaRx. The other one is called Policy, Rule, and Labeling Committee, which looks after, as intuitively you can tell, the rules and the policies and the regulations that the GaiaX framework is trying to uh, automate some way, somehow, and uh, simplify the verification of. And the third committee is the Data Space Business Committee, which looks after the business side of GaiaX. So, uh, 
if you join, uh, you will be able to participate in any of the existing working groups below these three committees. We have now roughly 20 working groups. Each one of the working groups has a plan, a scope, and produces deliverables. These deliverables then produce the requirements of GAIA-X from the technology, the rules, and the business side of it. And these requirements basically convey into the development of the GAIA-X framework and the delivery of the services, uh, which are the execution of the software component defining the framework, into this network of uh, access point that we call the GAIA-X digital clearinghouses. So um, you can be part of any of these working groups, but you will also have the opportunity to, to be an early user, let me say, of the services that we are starting to deploy as we speak. We started in March 23, deploying the first releases of the clearinghouses. So as a member, you will have advantages uh, in terms of access usage of uh, those services. As a member, you will have advantage in the family of trainings and certification that we have started developing from this year and will be started uh, to be de deployed uh, in the next months. As a member, you will be supported in the endorsement of your project when you want to, for example, deliver a solution in response to any specific uh, member state or European Commission tender or call for proposal. We have endorsed already 100 uh, projects and only four of them have been rejected, which means that uh, there is a high level of success in our member consortium deciding to respond to uh, European calls for proposal, showing their compliance to GAIA-X. Like I said, also, you have the opportunity to work in a hub. We have uh, already more than 20 hubs. Hubs are totally independent groups that any region can decide to create. But we only make sure that when a local hub is created, they have a direct contact with the local government. So in other words, there is a named representative of the local country uh, government devoted to the digital transformation that talks to the local hub. Then the local hub groups company companies of the of the territory it can be France, Germany, Italy, etc. We have hubs all over Europe and also outside of Europe so that they can work together to ideate, uh, to create ideas around new projects of federations of data, federations of infrastructure to address the specific need of that specific territory. But the hubs, then they talk together. So a project born in Germany can uh, all of a sudden become uh, a, Fr a Franco-German, a Dutch-Franco-German, and an Italo-Dutch, Franco-German project sharing this project idea, because like I said before, the objective is to create common data spaces across Europe. So the hubs are like incubators or think tank of local solutions that can easily become pan-European solution. And the central association supports the hub, still the hubs are independent. Hubs member can be members of the association or not. This is up to the hubs organization. Of course, the members of the association have a series of benefits, which are the ones I was listing before. The members of the hub have limited access 
for example, they can, uh, the, the, sorry, the members of the hubs that are not members of the association cannot sit in the working group, cannot drive the requirements of the framework, cannot have free access to training or certifications or services through the clearinghouse. So they have a limited set of, of advantages, but they are not part of the uh, GAIAX association per se. The projects can be born inside the hubs, can be born in inside the ASBL. It doesn't matter, but like I said, any GAIAX project naturally expands into a federation. It can be a federation of data owners, can be a federation of data of data infrastructures, can be a combination of the two. So being part of the association gives you also a perception of what is going on because all the projects that are going on are monitored and made visible to the members. Members can reach out to one another to understand whether there's an opportunity or to suggest new opportunities. So let me say being part of the association is, first of all, and most important, being part of the most relevant European think tank about data economy nowadays. So it's a unique place in particular for small, medium companies that, to be honest, they struggle to know how to ride this wave. <clears throat> they struggle how to be visible. They struggle how to get access to let me say, uh, fundings, uh, and and also how to, uh, let me say, be part of the same endeavor under the same hat. GAIAX provides this big hat for everybody. Okay, thank you. I've got just two more questions for you, if that will be all right. One of them would be, now that you've described for me the organizational structure for GAIAX, and as a company who, of course, has an ambition to make the most out of the data economy. I cannot help but wonder about what the press is talking about in terms of the influence that hyper, certain hyperscalers outside of Europe can have over GAIAX. Could you describe for me, for instance, why would companies from other continents would have a stake in GAIAX and what are their limits when it comes to GAIAX, as long as GAIAX is representing Europe, right? Yes, GAIAX is representing Europe because it was started as a European initiative, but uh, GAIAX was born for Europe and beyond. What that means is that what I, what I try to describe in terms of the need we have to move into a new generation of technology, the need we have to move from an hyper-centralized to an upper-distributed model because of data gravity, the need to tackle the real problem, which is not the lack of technology, but the trust in the existing technology, those needs are universally recognized. So we have to be aware of this first fact. So what GRX is doing is interesting, not just for Europe, but for anyone uh, also outside of Europe. And we have hubs in the United States, we have hubs in, uh, in South Korea, in Japan, and we have a long list of non-European country countries that want to open a new hub. But of course, we give priority to the European countries where we have like I said, more than 15 hubs already. Uh, the second reason is that uh, we are talking about data economy. We are not talking about politics. GAIA-RX is not a policymaker. We are not a formal body of standard, and we are not creating a new competitive offering of cloud services in the market. Now, with these three clear statements, what you have to understand is that we are trying to change the world by influence. And you can only win this type of game if you have a, the right idea. In other words, the right idea has to be something that the market needs, is not out there, and you are the first one delivering it. 
And the market needs a new generation of trustworthy technology. And there is no common definition, neither in the legislations or the regulations or of Europe or any other country of what digital trust means. And I'm, I'm a strong believer that GRX is, uh, you know, is the first one defining in a nutshell what digital trust means. And I'm even a stronger supporter of the fact that digital trust will become one of the key human rights in the next decades because digital is ruling our life. So we deserve to have some definition and some engine to verify the trustworthiness of digital services. Otherwise, we will be slaved at the personal level and at an economical level of technology platforms doing basically whatever they want, regardless of any regulation. But digital is a global business. So we cannot uh, think that the world or Europe will become successful in the digital uh, or in the data economy without exchanging data outside of Europe or receiving data from outside of Europe. This would be simply anachronistic and it would be also silly. And if anyone wants a European solution or even a European country solution, one for France, one, one for Germany, one for Italy, because in this way we can reduce the competitiveness of non-European platforms, well, those people are making a big mistake because you can be big in Japan for a while, but this will be a protectionist approach that will preserve some local economy, but will reduce your competitiveness on the global market. And if you also think about what I said before, data spaces are nothing more than the digitalization of value chains. So if you consider there is no single value chain in Europe that can survive without non-European contributor to that chains, you understand that a new digital version of the value chain must take into account the need of uh, exchanging data with non-European country. Therefore, everybody needs a common definition of trust. And we have the ambition to be the ones doing it at global level in a pretty successful way. Nonetheless, we all know that there is a lot of power exercised by those few players that are owning the market because three players own more than 75% of the cloud market. And this is ruling the game. Those players don't want to lose their territory. And of course they don't, but they are exercising their pressure being non-interoperable, non-switchable, and lobbying heavily in order to avoid that new rules of restrictions are introduced by Europe. And this is true for the Data Act, this is true for the Digital Market Act, the Data Governance Act, and this is true for GAIA-RX as well. So in order to avoid that, we are open to any non-European member, and we have all of the largest name you can imagine as part of the association, we allow anyone to participate in any working group, but just with one person per working group. So we are a very democratic initiative. Anyone, European or not, can contribute to any working group just with one person. And there are voting rules, there are you know, democratic rules to, to, to govern those working groups that impede to anyone, regardless of their, side, uh, their size, to hijack any working group. This means a small startup from Poland can have one seat exactly like the largest 
corporation uh, mm -hmm. in, the in the United States sitting in the same working group defining the rules for GayRx. Not only, we limited the participation to our board of directors to members uh, that are headquartered in Europe only. So we have a board of 26 directors, 24 elected uh, from companies, uh, from European companies uh, and or European associations and two independent. And they only represent Europe. Uh, in this way, we need to preserve, let me say, the principles of freedom, of free circulation of goods, of uh, human-centric uh, um, technology, uh, all the, 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 the principles that we want to drive through GAIA-X uh, according to the European rules. But like I said before, what we're doing is necessary and needed also by non-European rules. In technical terms, we are developing a software framework that, of course, aims to verify a set of rules that in Europe must be verified, but can be adapted to non-European rules. And that's why non-European countries are looking at it, and they will, of course, have to adapt it to their own local regulations. Nonetheless, having a technology framework that helps verify regulation is important because you can trust each other in a better way. And again, it's a game of trust. It always runs around the world of trust. Data economy can only succeed if we find a common definition of trust and a common engine for trust for all. Otherwise, the single try to prevail on the others, convincing that their trust is better than others, they will miserably fail because this is why GAIAX was started. It was started because we need something common and we need to make it available to everybody. On top of which, of course, every federation can define their own rule, their own specific rules. But it is, there's no doubt that if you want to work in Europe, you have to obey the European rules. If you want to work in another country outside of Europe, you have to obey the local, the local regulations. Nonetheless, if you want to exchange data across those two countries, how you do that? You still need to think about how can we trust each other? How can we control the data we exchange? How can we control... The access to those data is exactly the one I granted uh, rights for and not something else. And unfortunately, nowadays, we only have paper, words, and statements. What GAIAX is trying to do is to make it objectively measurable through our GAIAX framework. Right. That is really insightful. And I really think that answers the big question, which, to be honest, it's one of the most frequently asked questions in terms of the influence. And if, uh, I really liked how you phrase this question before we end also as a company i would also like to ask because you mentioned that GAIAX is an ai sbl which implies it's, it's it is a non-for-profit uh, therefore i gotta ask what is the financial means of GAIAX? how does how does GAIAX is being financed is it by public means or by private means no, like I said before, we receive no public grants or subsidies. We are not affiliated to any public institutions, being um, European, um, from the European Commission or from any member state's government. The only way we, we fund our activities is, is through the members' membership fee. We have a membership fee scheme that is proportional to the revenue turnaround of the company that wants to join. And we start from uh, 
2,500 euros per year for a non-for-profit organization, and we range up to 75,000 euros for a company with more than 10 billion revenues turnaround. So uh, in this way, we try to be proportional. We we apply a principle of proportionality. And and of course, we give uh, a strong opportunity also to small companies to join without having to spend uh, a lot of money uh, and a lot of time. But uh, this is important because uh, being uh, independent makes us represent the voice of the market. In other words, yes, of course, we take account of the regulation, the existing and the new one, but we also listen to the voice of our members, which are defining the requirements of GAIA-X, which can be redefinition or further definition of what the regulation already states, but not only can be something very specific that the regulation is not addressing per se. So let's not confuse GAIA-X with the regulation authority because this is not the case. The law is the law and we need to take into account it. But GAIA-X represents the voice of the market and is giving voice to the users and providers of technologies to define the requirements of this new GAIA-X framework. The membership is therefore to pay for the uh, for the services that uh, the association is providing for the staff uh, we have a pretty lean staff uh, my staff is roughly 20 people but as well we need to take care of the operations of all the 20 working groups the many activities of producing um, of producing the GAIA-X framework which is made of documentation software and services so we are working together with the operators of the services now to define the contract for operating these services. We are working together with the many projects that are deploying data spaces in order to collect the requirements and elaborate them. And, uh, and, and of course, we are working to develop the services like the training, uh, the certification, the endorsement that I was explaining before. So we need the money of uh, uh, our members in order to sustain the initiative but we are not for profit we are pre-competitive we are not commercial so in no way we are making money out of uh, GAIA-X but we want to make sure that the GAIA-X initiative survives and lives long because like I said before this is a game of trust and if GAIA-X is providing a single point of trust a single definition of trust a single engine of trust that everybody likes then we can only expand but if we spin off and we try to follow one or another model of trust, it will be easy to fall back into the starting scenario where either way you trust player A or player B or player C because you like them, because they are strong, because they are bigger than others, but you don't really see it through. It's not transparent, it's not controllable, it's not interoperable. <clears throat> so we need to survive, we need to expand, and actually that's what we're doing. We started from 22 funding members who grouped together in 2020, and now we are more than 370 members. So we are by far one of the largest organizations talking about digital sovereignty in the world. That is impressive indeed. So in order to make a quick summarized takeaway of everything, could you say that we would need GAIA-X because GAIA-X could enable a new cloud infrastructure for Europe based on trust, right? 
like operationalization of trust and it also would allow Europe to be competitive in the world data economy, in the global data economy on the long run. That will be the main added value, right? Yeah, you, you named it. Uh, we did both. Uh, one needs the other. Uh, but if we don't get both of them, we will be basically hostage of single source of resources. And I don't think, because I always do this example, honestly, when I joined, we had no war. We had no awareness of our dependency from uh, natural gas from Russia. We had no clue of the effect of a pandemic in breaking value chains uh, in our strongest business uh, in Europe, for example, automotive. Everybody knows that. If you wanted to buy a car in 2021, 20, you had to wait possibly a couple of years. So all happened in the last two slash three years has just confirmed what I keep repeating. The new economy must be data centric. Otherwise, value chains will lose resilience and will become fragile as they have demonstrated. And technology is becoming a main resource for the future of our lives. There is no single service. There is no schooling. There is no water. There is no gas. There is no electricity. And there is no job without technology platforms. So if we want to be in control in Europe of our economy, of our life, of our society, of our public services, of our healthcare, we need to regain control on technology platforms. Otherwise, technology platform will, as a matter of fact, become data controllers. And the regulation per se is necessary, but is not sufficient to have the level of trust that we need. And chat GPT was just the last example, but you know, generative artificial intelligence technology have been out there for 15 years and there is hundreds of platforms. People don't have a clue that do exactly the same thing. So let's be aware technology is playing with us and we need to regain control of the game. And you're right, creating federated, so horizontal, distributed, uh, capable to deal with distributed data, uh, interoperable because data must be interoperable and therefore you need interoperable clouds, interoperable algorithms, etc. Infrastructure is instrumental to build distributed common data spaces, which is instrumental in building a new generation of economy, which is called data economy and is data centric, no more product centric. And without moving in that direction, we will lose competitivity and much more in Europe. But like I said, the good news is that this is understood by everybody, not just within Europe. So we have the opportunity to drive something that is not out there, is needed, and we are the first doing it. Once in a lifetime, Europe is driving something that is really, really needed by the worldwide. Indeed, indeed. Thank you very much, Francesco, for this uh, amazing talk and for the amazing introductory session. And I am pretty sure that we will have the chance to go more in depth into all these uh, all these subjects that we briefly touched upon today, uh, as we have a dedicated episode to each of the topics that we have been discussed today. Uh, would you have anything to add for for our viewers? Any last last uh, last words? 
No, I thank you very much. Uh, well, you know, I, I keep talking about these things every day and it's never enough. So I hope this um, podcast will help uh, shedding some more lights uh, on GaiaRx. I, I just want to reconfirm that uh, me and my team, we are always available to provide uh, this type of insight, but even just talking about it, which is useful. Because unfortunately, or fortunately, GaiaX has become real complex. So all I said is out there, is on the website, it's in document, it's in you know interviews, is in schemes, in drawings, etc., in software, in code. But it's a lot. So I understand it takes a lot, and sometimes people don't have enough time to understand it. So the good news is, on one side, we are moving into these digital clearinghouses, which will hide the complexity of all I described and just make available through guided wizards all the procedures you need if you are, for example, a supplier to become GAIAX compliant, or if you are uh, a user of technology to create your own federation or to buy uh, a, a GAIAX compliant service. So we are trying to simplify technology because technology is complex. Mm -hmm. The second element is that we are really, really leading the edge. So the technologies we are adopting are the leading edge of the self-sovereign identity, the decentralized autonomous organizations. We are following the standard of the W3C, but the two sides of the shop, the business sides and the tech side are becoming pretty complex. So I invite all of you, all the listeners to take some time to read through and understand and make your own reasoning and come back also with suggestions and possibly join the association. For our viewers, we're also looking forward to see what would you think about today's episode. Feel free to drop your questions in the comment section. And also, of course, like and subscribe for our work because there's definitely going to be more content out there answering all the questions that you may have about kayaks. Thank you very much, Francesco, for today's episode. And then also thank you very much for our viewers for staying here with us. And we will definitely see you for the second episode, which is going to be about data spaces with Pierre Gronlier, the CTO of GaiaX. And until then, thank you very much and see you later.